again in the hearts of men in the precious name of Jesus in Jesus name we pray Father we thank you I thank God for this opportunity to share God's word to God's precious people as I always say every opportunity to share God's word it's a privilege 
And as such, when a man of God stands before God's people, he is obliged to speak as the one who owns them. No human agenda is meant to reflect on pulpit. It is supposed to be the agenda of the one who owns the people. I understand that because of the mortality of the man of God, the processes he seems to have gone through uh, throughout the week may want to reflect in the message. But your ability to um, communicate God in its fullness is dependent on how much God has worked on you. So, when a man of God preaches, we must not be able to trace it to something outside the confines of dossier the law. It's important that as men of God, we know that the privilege to speak to God's people is a privilege to speak as spoken through. Not one that has come to achieve something. It is possible that by the heart of man, we have something we want to achieve. Uh, but much more, it is God's will that must be done. Hallelujah. And in the light of this, I'll be sharing on certain things the Lord has spoken to me over the night to share and to help somebody. And I'm so certain that if it is the word of the Lord, someone's life will change in the precious name of Jesus. I'll be sharing on the subject, finding answers finding answers questions are a part of life one of the ways through which you know that a child is beginning to grow is the kind of questions he begins to ask I remember a young child a three year old girl <laughs> came, the mother was pregnant of another baby and pointed and was asking someone is it baby that is inside now that question sounds stupid to you but it is intellectual at the level of that child that is the, the child the child suddenly began to see that the stomach of the mother was protruding beyond what food could achieve and she needed to know what was responsible for that so questions don't mean you are not a good Christian um, they just point to the fact that there is a desire to know but one of the things this message will achieve is what the devil is capable of doing with that desire if it is not rightly channeled. So, we have lost many soldiers to questions unanswered. So, it's important that this subject be addressed. And i like to say this to you. That this message does not attempt to answer all your questions. But at the end of this message, you would have been rightly positioned to get answers. Because your positioning matters when the questions of life comes. So many people, because of wrong positioning, they consulted with the wrong personality that led them astray. Though it started with a question. So finding answers. Christianity in itself is an amazing journey. As I always share with people, it's beautiful to know that Christianity is a journey. The very moment you accepted the lordship of jesus you accepted the life of christ a journey began the same way when a young man begins to chase a woman the young man chases the woman with the whole of his life unconsciously he calls early in the morning and says i just want to hear your voice he calls late at night and says your voice is the last thing i want to hear sweet dreams <laughs> and the very moment the lady says yes i agree 
to the man something has just been achieved but to the woman something has just started so it now begins to look like the tide has turned power has changed hands the lady begins to call have I offended you have I done this now so to many people the very moment you got saved as much as something major has been achieved in your life to the spirit of God something has just started you just gave him access to walk such that the deliverables of redemption is brought to bear in your life so it's important that we know that that something has just started now that being said there is a lot of excitement with getting saved I don't know um, how a couple of us listening to me got saved but when I got saved there was this joy this joy I could not explain I knew something different happened to me although my hands did not become two my head did not become true but I felt it within there was a witness as much as it's important that you know that the spirit of truth does not just speak truth it witnesses truth there is something more tangible in witness witness comes with an evidence so a, a witness without an evidence is not valid as it were so the spirit of God witnesses in our hearts that, that we are children of God so there is a tangible evidence. The Bible says all scripture is given by the Spirit of God and is profitable for doctrine. That is teaching. It's profitable for reproof. The word reproof there means evidence. It is the same Greek word used in Hebrews 11.1. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. So the Spirit of God witnesses our salvation to us um, with an evidence. Um, having said that, there's a lot of excitement and I'll be linking salvation the journey of the children of Israel because um, the deliverance of Israel from Egypt is a type of our deliverance from the world you will see a lot of Moses is a type of Christ when Moses was born children um, from two years downward were said to be killed when Jesus was born the same thing happened a night to the day they were delivered from Egypt they took the Passover a night to the time Jesus was going to be killed it took it took the Lord's Supper Are you follow what I'm saying so that deliverance is a type of our deliverance from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So, uh, that deliverance from Egypt, for instance, Exodus chapter 15, created some sort of excitement. Exodus 15, Bible says, Then sang Moses and the children of Israel unto the Lord. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider have been cast into the sea. And all that, it was an exciting moment. But as much as they didn't know that deliverance from Egypt was a beginning of a journey in the wilderness and the fact that you had an encounter a major encounter of deliverance does not mean you should lose touch with the one that delivered you god spoke to abraham he said leave your father's house to a place i will show you it means abraham was going to live by the word of the lord but he will reach his goal by the word of the lord a journey god begins he must he must complete Paul says to the Galatians, I say, have you begun in the spirit? Are you now made perfect in the flesh? So Christianity is a journey designed to be lived in dependence to the spirit of God. You must be dependent. See, stepping out of that dependence is stepping out of the life. Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but now after the spirit. So the spirit of God has not just come to indwell you because he needs accommodation. He has come on an assignment to witness Jesus in you and through you. I'm going somewhere. There's an excitement. And these same people that were excited got to the wilderness. And certain questions began to come up. 
they needed meat. So many times our questions in our journey of Christianity comes from the needs that arise that we expect God to solve. So we having been saved, having been delivered, having come into the government of the Lordship of Jesus, there are some things we don't expect to happen to us again. And these questions come from this place. Why am I sick? Why is this person sick? And so these questions come. And another reason why these questions that we are going to be discussing finding answers to come is because of imbalanced teaching. It looks like the teaching that brought some people to Christ was not balanced. And when it is now beginning to become a time and the, the unfortunate thing about this imbalanced teaching is that people believed it with their lives. So when these teachings prove false, it begins to look like God is not true. It is not God that is not true. It is the teaching that is in balance. Are you following what I'm saying? So, it's important that we know. You know, a young lady said to me, he said, if my sister could serve God this way, why did this happen to him? I said, what message did you hear that brought you to Christ? Probably they told her, accept Jesus and all will be well. <laughs> of course, all will be well. But it is not an exemption from what you go through. But it is an assurance that you are victorious. So when people go through this, they don't survive. Many people, uh, if they are not careful, they may, must, they may not survive these questions that make it look like God is not true. So I, I, I like to quickly rush through the things um, I have put down. Because I believe somebody's help has come from this message. In the precious, precious name of Jesus. And um, being in a place where you are asking major questions is not totally a bad place to be. At times, these questions come as a result of having waited for a long time for the promises of God. And it's still looking like it's not coming. Genesis chapter 15, the same Abraham that believed God and left his father's house, said, seeing that I go childless, <laughs> Elias am I here. Abraham began to doubt the promises of God. And the Bible says God called to Abraham and said, no, Elias will not be your heir, but that which is born in your house. So, Abraham came to that point where he began to ask questions also that is looking like I go childless despite the promises of God. So, inability to wait again uh, can bring you to the place where you begin to question prophecy. In many people's lives, sir, prophecy has proven false. It looks like they are asking a lot of questions. Like, but this prophecy came. Like a young man said to me that someone died relating to him and he said but he was in a meeting and they called him out and they gave him a prophecy we all saw it this prophecy is yet to be fulfilled yet is dead I want answers so a lot of people are silently in this place and I believe that if the trumpet is not blown on the mountain a lot of people will not be helped so pastors address this matter with one-on-one counseling. So I think what we have done in the secret we should, because many people that go through this, we will see later that when God wants to do something in in a man's life, he separates him. When the devil wants to destroy a life, he isolates him. So those are two different things. So the very moment you begin to feel withdrawn from the people of God, it can be a pointer that trouble is looming. We We will look at in the context of this message 
So I said this a season where it will look like prophecies fail. I love something that I saw, and I think this scripture describes what I'm explaining. John 1 29. John the Baptist sees Jesus. He was going to baptize Jesus, and he says, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. And on that account, the Bible says John the Baptist was the greatest prophet that lived in the world. And Jesus says the least in the kingdom is greater. And that's because the Old Testament prophets were ranked on the basis of their revelation of Christ. Other prophets saw from afar. John saw real. He said, Behold. He says the least in the kingdom is greater. He is in you. Are you following what I'm saying now? He's in everybody in the so we carry him as it were. So the same John that gave this accurate description to the job description of Jesus found himself in prison in Matthew 11. And as people would expect God to save their mother, as people would expect God to save their father in distress, John expected Jesus to come for him. He got to a point in Matthew 11, I think, verse 2, that John sent to ask Jesus, are you the one we are waiting for? The same John that said, behold, entered into a sensitive situation and he says are you the one we are waiting for or we should look for another because there is a situation that I think this is an opportunity for you to prove yourself and you are relaxed so to some people in what they are going through it looks like God is relaxing it looks like this is an opportunity to show yourself mighty and they prayed I don't know if you are in ministry you would have seen people tell you I prayed yet nothing happened so that question though they are coming to church many of them are still coming to church that question is in their hearts so it's bringing them and drawing them gradually out of the faith lane they are finding no reason to trust God again they would rather cut corners because it looks like God has disappointed them once and they don't want to take chances so I feel prophetically sent to those people today and I trust God that many will come home. Oh God, I said many will come home. Nina Yesune Bazankoma Bazankoma Bayaba Nina Yesune Bazankoma Bazankoma Bayaba about you but I belong to Jesus I'm never going back I'm never going back there are different scenarios that I've seen that people who have these questions have been are angry with God. It is possible a man is still active in church and is offended with God. Because he felt the moment he needed God the most, God did not show up. Some in the 
process as a result of being angry with God became angry with the church because um, at times some of them are not bold enough to say they are angry with God so they are venting their anger on the church and men of God so when you trace people criticizing the church at times criticizing men of God is traceable to certain frustrations of having put God in the line and it looked like it didn't show up while it takes some people to a point where they begin to question the existence of God <laughs> but at this stage what determines what even me the year 2013 man of God year 2013, I found myself, it looked like nothing was working for me. I served God. I served God. I prayed for people. Their results changed. And I needed God to change my own results. Because having been general secretary of the largest fellowship, I was too popular to have extra. And extra was looming. This was a course I had done first time, failed it second time failed it and I trusted God to change it and God changed it for some people but it wouldn't change mine it was a painful experience I attempted some other things at that season it looked like failure was it was a failure season I could almost predict that everything I tried will fail it was that bad that I, I attempted attempt, attending the class of my extra semester <laughs> for the first time. As I sat in front, some three innocent ladies were pointing. Is that an appointment? Is that an appointment? I couldn't look back because I was too ashamed. It was December season. So they did NYC around that November season, NYC posted my classmates. So, and knowing my heart, some of them called me, please help me check. Then we see used to check manually. So I went to check. As I was coming back, I met some RCFOU members. And they said, Appointment, oh, where were you posted? For the first time, I couldn't answer them. I couldn't lie. I couldn't tell the truth. I was just dumb. As strong as I was, it was hitting at me. Now it was time for convocation. I said, Bible says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Let me attend convocation. As I mistakenly entered there, they said, where's your tent? Where's your tent? Because they knew I was supposed to be convocating. I ran back inside. And there were many other things that didn't work. It looked like prayer did not have the potency I have preached to have. Now, unfortunately, in my own case, then I began to ask God, let's start from the basics. Did you call me? For me, I was not going to stop serving God. But I don't want to do ministry assuming I have been called. As much as those statements sounded true, they were coming from a place of disappointment. Because based on the things I had seen as a day, it was too late to be doubting whether God called me or not. But adversity can take you out of your real self and make you act what you could not have imagined. Adversity is terrible. And that is why there's something adversity is pointing into. I saw something in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus talking about the parable of the sower. He said there's one that hears the word. And persecution comes for the sake of the word. But because the word did not have root. He is offended. The Bible says he's offended. 
So there are things that will happen to us for the sake of where we are going. They have not come to destroy us. They have come to cook us. But because we are weak in the days of adversity, we fall. So adversity will come to everybody. But the, the state you are when it comes will determine whether what, what, the, what it will produce of you. I, I, I think I'm communicating. So it came, I was asking God, did you call me? If you know me very well, I'm not very emotional. <laughs> to cry, I cry in worship when an anointing comes on me. But to now cry over things, I I cried. I cried. Let me just share this again. I, I hardly share this when I talk about that 2013. There was a lady I thought God said was the one. And I chased her with the whole of my life. For nine months I was chasing her. In the midst of my extra, she said, you're a good person. <laughs> but he said no. Because of the pathway through which I began the chase, it felt like I couldn't hear God again. I started doubting whatever it is I was hearing after then. Because prophecy seems to have failed. And this was not just a prophecy, it was such that people confirmed I was in a mess. Then I was asking, did you call me? <laughs> Thank you, Lord. And the Lord said to me in the midst of that season to attend a particular church. I started attending church regularly. Regularly. I was still preaching, but I was going through that phase. I was preaching. <laughs> so the Lord said to me, I want to hide you for a while. Go to Abia. I was like, God, who do I know in Abia? He didn't say anything again. But you see, at times God can speak once and it will remain on your heart like He's just saying it. That word, He was not going to say any other thing, but the echo of it was still ringing in my heart. So I called one of my friends in Abia. I said, I'm coming to Abia. He said, To come and do what? I said, Business. I just wanted to communicate in a time he would understand. He said, Okay. And that, my friend, and you need people like that. Once you tell, that my friend, you have conviction for something, he will not stop you. So he said, Start coming. He helped me find accommodation. He actually gave me his own house for free and started living in family house. Uh, in that process, God prepared me for the next season. Now, I shared that story for you to know that the person preaching is not such that has not been there, it's not such that has not been in a place where it looks like prophecy has failed. So what will determine what will become of you when this season comes is number one, your foundation. The foundational teachings you were exposed to when you got saved. So some people have been listening to exciting messages that are not strong enough to root them. So when that day comes, it just wipes them out. So your foundation is like your immunity against whatever will come. familiarity with the good days can deny you of your future. You know, the children of Israel, <laughs> because of memories of Egypt, many of them lost Canaan. Majority of the people that entered Canaan did not know Egypt. They were born in the wilderness. <laughs> so, your foundation will matter. If your foundation is faulty, 
it will take God for you to survive this season. So the reason why when I went through that phase, because many of my mates that we were in that phase, some of them are not going to church again now. Now, the foundation I had would not question God or his authority. No matter what happened to me. And by the grace of God, I got born again in, in a very punk SU system. I don't like to tell the story like the SU system has gone. <laughs> the SU system is still active. Because I think that system has produced a lot of more solid believers than the name it and claim it generation. Um, in that system, the only thing we were after was heaven. No matter what happened to you on earth, we know that if only in this world we had hope, we were more men, most miserable. But can I tell you that that is still true now? That the ultimate hope that Jesus brings is what becomes of you after now. But let me let me quickly move because there are things I must touch specifically. Now, what will also determine whether you will survive this very sensitive phase is your company of friends. And that's why if you are not careful, the devil brings people to this place by introducing certain new people into their lives feeding their new intended belief system a young man ran to my office when I was pastoring in he said sir help my Christianity then I noticed that that process began with a new set of friends or better still the devil can target your friend and you are the target so how that Bible says strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. It means the real target is the sheep. But the devil comes in through the door of the shepherd. So the devil can strike the wife and the husband is the target. So you find some people, they enter a set of new relationships and one influencer in that company enters into error and he brings all of them into it. So there's always someone feeding them with facts against God when people come to that place. I found out. So your company will determine. If you find out that the devil has started isolating you and you are listening to me now or you are listening to this message, please run back to the church system. When you find yourself needing answers, it is not a time to run away from church. It is not a time to be angry with your pastor. It is rather a time to run back to church because you need that company to save you in this sensitive season. You need that company. So I have found out that people's company determine whether they are destroyed or not. There's a young man we read what money together. I used to read a lot of what money man of God. And this man was even more dogged than I was. He read normal Christian life and was praying in tongues from OAU campus to gate every day with each chapter the next thing I began to see is that I said there's nothing like God ah! how did you get here then I realized that there was a time I tried reaching out to him and he was withdrawing so it always starts with some sort of withdrawal and that's why the church should be sensitive to withdrawers at times it is not every time that you leave people to live their lives it can be dangerous 
So when the devil wants to begin a process, that process you are seeing that someone says, I don't send God again, things start the day the person says it. Most of the time, from experience I have found out, it starts with a cry for help, but nobody seems to notice. Everybody is busy with their lives, but nobody is noticing someone crying for help. Like that young man came to me and said, help my Christianity. Jesus help us now a good place to be before you ever get to this place now this is for people that are that are not having questions at the moment this is where your Christianity must be at every time you must have lost the ability to question God's sovereignty see I'm telling you how Christianity works you must come to that place where it has become impossible for you to question God's sovereignty. Not to now talk of his existence. I like the three Hebrew men. It looked like they, went, they entered into trouble because of God. The king told them to bow to graven images. And because of God, they said they were not bowing. But before God even delivered them, they spoke showing the posture of their hearts. They said, oh king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. God is able. Can I tell you something? God is able to heal your mom. God is able to heal your dad. God is able to heal your sister. God is able to save us. But if he will not, we will not bow. That is the place, that is the heart posture every believer must have. That I'm not tying my Christianity to this event. It to the love of God unconditional because if all he did for me was to give Jesus that I will not go to hell again if he doesn't do anything again it's good it is the greatest gift that he has given me I love him despite what I'm going through even if he will not change it I will still love him lift your hands wherever you are and you are listening to me say oh God I know you are able but no matter what I will not be caught not serving you. It cannot happen. We are men who have burnt the bridges behind us. There is no road back. No matter what we go through, there is no road back. Turning back is not an option. The day we made this decision, we decided to serve him forever. No matter what. In this world, we will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome. I have overcome. So that is where is a good place to be now that you are not there. Is a good place to be now that adversity has not come. A place where nothing questions the sovereignty of God. As I normally tell people. For instance, if a relationship is not wrong, breaking it will not solve anything. The two parties will just go and confront the same weakness they refuse to handle in the present relationship and display it elsewhere. So, there are roots you don't touch despite events. And one of these roots, or the most important, is your service of God. Or your heart towards the existence, the goodness and the sovereignty of God, despite what you are going through. It's a good place to be. 
now another good place to be ever before the day of adversity comes or even during adversity is a spirit led and a sound church what you are feeding on will determine your response to the day of adversity remember I said it that challenges come to everybody it is how we handle it that is different and what will determine how you handle it is what you are feeding on consistently every believer looks like what they are hearing so it's important I used to tell people that the choice of a church is not based on proximity it is the leading of the spirit you must find yourself in a place where your word is because from God's operation we should know that God is proactive in nature God will see the season you are about entering into and give your pastor a word preparing you for the season so for many people what they are going through the solution is in their sermon notes but the devil won't let them open it so one day pastor preached the message but because it is not happening yet it didn't make as much sense as it will make later every message carries a prophetic tendency how that though it is preached today it is relevant for all times so you need to understand some of you after now I speak prophetically you will have to open your sermon note and flip through it a lot of answers will come from your sermon note because God saw this season ahead and made a provision God saw this season ahead so you need a solid church you need a solid church and one thing you need here uh, which is not all your responsibility but also this is a call to every believer is that everybody going through this phase needs an atmosphere of love an atmosphere of love because when people enter this phase what I notice is people carrying all sorts of gist so you see people in clusters and believers can carry this successfully because of how you know you can use certain terms they will say brother we need to pray that's the intro <laughs> or at the end it was, it was not about the prayer it's about the gist when they are done carrying the gist they won't pray there's something about gist that carries you in the belly that you want to share it I know as you are hearing me you have heard certain gist you want to share like ah hey, hey, hey can't you see hey sister so, so said there is no God hey, he's a fool his name is in the Bible no they don't need that Bible says in Galatians 6 1 it says brethren if your brother falls into a fault ye which are spiritual take a post of restoration in Isaiah Bible says a lot of things are happening I'm paraphrasing now and none say it restore there has to be a see the ministry of restorers and intercessors must be brought back to the church because it is possible a soldier attempts to fall but an intercessor will say no an intercessor an intercessor is a prophetic posture how that God shows you ahead of what the devil is about to do and makes you pray about it many people that have not fallen today is because God raised an intercessor at one time so we need an emphasis on intercession and the ministry of restorers a man that will stand and say restore restore an atmosphere of love and at times when there are contentions in church that contention can waste a generation so at times you need to drop your ego for the people God is sending us to 
So someone sees two people fighting and is like, ah, with all the questions he's already having internally, that if all this nonsense is happening in church, I'm not doing it again. So that contention is beyond settling your scores. A generation is about to be wasted. So the contention the devil is bringing to the church at times, the target is the sheep. That is the devil's way of striking the shepherd. Stop that and create an atmosphere of love. Pastor Femi Nazareth once said something and I've tried it, it has worked many times that in people's darkest moment is the time to show them you love them it's the time to show them yes, she's not coming to church again let that not be the time that your church members will see him and not greet him let that not be the time that it will, it will, it, it will begin to feel terrible let there be a total display of love that is going after the one despite the 99 So it's important that we know that an atmosphere of love. I'll soon round off, but I believe a generation is saved. Hmm. Hmm. Now, when you are going through this stage, it, a place you must never be. When you are going through this stage of questions, finding answers, there's a place you must never be. A place where you keep quiet and you don't want to talk to anybody. Once you are there, it is bound to get worse. Nobody gets better isolating himself. Nobody. Nobody. So you must be in that place where you are desirous of seeking help. And that's why as a pastor, when someone is not seeking counsel, there are times if you are prophetically inclined, you can rush after that person and say, what is happening? Talk to me. What is happening? You know, I find myself asking people, how are you? They say, fine. You know, that's the regular answer. But prophetically, I ask again, how are you? They say, fine. I ask again. By the time I ask the third time, they are smiling. Because they know that how are you is coming from a place of knowledge. How are you? And suddenly, they begin to talk. One of my friends, while we were undergraduates, went to visit a beloved sister. And uh, this sister was hostile to everybody in the fellowship. She would just come it was obvious she was angry at something we were just hoping it was not God <laughs> she'll come go so the man went to visit her and when they were done gisting the lady initially felt he wanted to date her because of the way he went at her when they were done talking the, the man of God said pray for us telling the lady the lady said no I'm not praying leave me stop this nonsense said, pray for us said, stop this nonsense I'm not praying then the man began to pray and prophetically began to pray her situation. And began to pray. Lord, thank you for what she's going through. And began to mention exactly the things she was going through. Before I was done praying, this lady was crying. So one of that ministry that we need when people are in this place is the ministry of the prophet. You see, this season will waste more people without prophetic intervention. Because people even get to these places without knowing they are there. So prophetic intervention is key And that is why you must not keep quiet Where we end this message Is when you as a believer You are noticing that your friend is in this place What you should do What you should do Now another place you must not find yourself um, When you find yourself In this state Is um, <laughs> Hallelujah I love this Before saying it Don't forget 
Someone say, the psalmist says, I will not forget his benefits. Remember all his benefits. What the devil does in that season of isolating them is that it makes them forget that God has been good. So at that season, it looks like God has done nothing. I put it to you if you are in this place and you are hearing me. Think well, God has been good to you. Don't forget his benefits. Who forgives all your sins? His benefits. Go and read that song. Don't find yourself forgetting. You cannot tell me that you have not found yourself thanking God for something in your journey. Now that you are questioning him, you are, you are forgetting that you ever thanked him. No, God has been good to you. If you are hearing me say it emphatically from your heart, God has been good to me. Oh, that's a deep revelation. I know it's not deep. Though. Say, God has been good to me. I, I perceive there's someone that is listening to this or that will listen to this. That as I made that statement, tears started rolling down your eyes. It's a good sign. It's a good sign that you are remembering the goodness of God. Go back and seek help. You know what? You felt you left, but mercy was chasing you. You won't have to travel back. God's hands are open wide to receive you. Remember the prodigal son. Although he did something, you would have judged terrible. But the love of the father remained. The day he came to himself, as you are coming to yourself now, which is a mark of those tears running down your eyes, the day he came to himself, the father was ready to receive him. Can I say to someone listening to me, the father is ready to listen to you. The father is ready to welcome you. And in your own case, the saints are ready to open their arms wide to welcome you too. We love you. You are a soldier. You are a soldier. You can't stop fighting. When you sign this deal, you signed it forever. Bible says, for by one offering, it perfected forever. No, you cannot go back now. You cannot go back now. You signed it forever. Come back to prayer. Come back to believing in the Holy Spirit. Come back to believing in God. Come back. Come back. As I close, what you must do when you notice your friend is going through this phase. The first thing, run to a mature believer and inform a mature believer. Don't try to cover the gist. When you notice the infancy of it, I would have loved to address recognizing the infancy of it, but um, it's not within the confines of this message. But I trust God to pass that information to you. Now, run to a mature believer, possibly your pastor. You see, um, pastors have seen a lot and they have handled a lot. One of the things the devil can do in the life of anybody is to make you underrate your pastor. It is possible a believer sees pastors on TV as more powerful, but on the strength of familiarity, does not value what his pastor carries again. See, run to your pastor. Run to a mature believer and report the case that it looks like this person is going help. That is calling um, um, emergency line. <laughs> uh, another thing you must do is that you must raise a prayer altar. You must raise a prayer altar. Instead of just pray, raise a prayer altar. You see, I like to pray until. <laughs> and I know. You see, praying until is a reflection that you understand the potency of prayer. 
If you stop prayer halfway before you see the result, it shows that you don't really believe in prayer. The question is not that does prayer work. The question is, will I wait? So, you must pray until you see the deliverance you desire for that person. For that person. One of the signs that you are mature is that your prayer life is not just about you. It's about others. Then the third thing you must do, which is where we end, is that you must strategize. It is not, don't do guah, guah, guah. Jesus wanted to preach to the woman, the Samaritan woman. He said, where is your husband? That it started from a, from a point. So, there's a way. There are people you know, those people will not listen to. Don't send them to them. So, come in a, you see, let the Spirit of God, from that prayer, give you a strategy um, to address this. As I close, I'm going to make a statement and I think it is profound because God quickened it in my heart and I wrote it down. The people you see as victors in the Christian race today have been there. So it is it is a sign to you that you will come out of whatever you are going through now. It looks overwhelming at the moment but you will come out of it. This has not come to destroy you. It has come for the sake of the world. The same way the sun comes to the plant for the sake of photosynthesis. But if it is not rooted, it will dry off. So it has come for the sake of who you are becoming. This process has come to cook you. Don't rush out of it. When it is done cooking you, you will be edible. Your life will be a testimony to behold. Your life will be a testimony to behold. Somebody's life listening to me is about to show forth the supremacy of God and the power of God and the tangibility of God's presence and what it can produce in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lift your hands where you are. Bazangoma, 
Jesus' precious name, we 